Thank you for listening to this week's message from New Day Community Church in Vandalia. We hope this message encourages and blesses you. Look us up and contact us at newdaycommunity.org. The land and the sea, and he says, it's good. He creates the fish and the animals, and he says, it's good. And he creates Adam, and he says, it's not good. Uh, one of the first things he says is, it's not good that man is alone. It's not good that man is alone. And so he created another so that man, uh, so that man could be in community. It's clear that God wants us to be in good relationships. Um, and I want you to know that it's not weak to say that you need someone else. It's not a sign of weakness to say that you're lonely. God created us with a need for each other. We're a body. We're the body of Christ. Bodies don't function very well when the parts are separated from each other. We got a liver over here and some eyeballs and, you know, it doesn't work very well. It has to be one unit. It has to be together. Um, God uses good friendships and good relationships to form us into the virtuous citizens of his kingdom. He uses each other to make the change that he wants to have happen in each one of our lives. Um, in the Bible, it says it's just like iron sharpens iron. So God uses each one of us to get each one of us to our destiny in him. Ecclesiastes says two are better than one because they have good reward for their toil. For if they fall, one can lift up his fellow. But woe to him who is alone when he falls and has no one to lift him up. And though a man might prevail against one who is alone, two will withstand him. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Let me ask you, who is your threefold cord? Who are the people that God has put in your life that will hold you up and keep you strong in times when you're weak, in times when you need a helping hand? Who's speaking words of encouragement that you need to hear? And who's ready to slap you upside the head if, you know, if you need it? <laughs> um, this year, uh, I ran out of gas on the highway on the way to church. Um, and I was leading worship that Sunday. I was supposed to be there before everybody else. It's getting a little stressful. Um, so I start walking two miles away to the, the gas station. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to be late and making phone calls and everything. You know who helped me out? A Christian brother. There's a, uh, uh, another member of the church uh, saw that I needed some help, came, picked me up. And uh, it was it was awesome. The church was there. Um, the past over the past few years, we've had a few family members that have passed away. And you know who's the first person to bring meals and the first people to help the family cope and to provide comfort? It's the church family. That's what we're here for. We're here to be connected with each other. We need Christian community. When we're isolated, we have no way of knowing if our distress calls and our SOS signals are going to provide help. Just on our own. Um, so... Church, this is what we're doing here this morning. This church service is less about nice music and a good message, and it's more about us coming together with a common cause under a common banner. 
um, to get the will of God done, which is for each one of us to be built up and edified. Um, so how do we serve each other? Luke was talking about serving. Um, how do we best serve each other? How do we build better relationships? Um, how do we best do life together? Um, I believe that we do it God's way. Hands down, we do it God's way. Um, sometimes we try to do things in man's wisdom, in our own ideas. We try to um, uh, look to what scholars think about community relationships. and uh, But I think doing things God's way um, is the way to go. And I hope to prove that today and preach that today. That is what we're talking about. Um, so, talking about doing things God's way. If we want to be successful in business... We do business God's way. If we want to do, be successful in marriage, we do marriage God's way. If we want to be successful in communication, in relationships, we do it God's way. Um, some of the things I'm going to talk about, you've probably heard before. This is not an advanced theology lesson. This is Christianity 101, I hope. Um, so, uh, But I think it's a good thing to revisit the words of God over and over and over again. Um, scripture is called uh, our daily bread. It's something that fuels us every single day. You just don't eat food once in your life, and that fuels you for the rest. You know? Oh, I know about food. It's great. You know? No, it's something that we have to ingest and and eat every single day, and that's what fuels us. Um, scripture. Uh, David calls scripture a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. It doesn't show us the whole road. We're holding it here, and we're taking steps day by day. That's that's the role of Scripture in our life, and that is how we find how to do relationships God's way. So we're going to dive in to Scripture about how to be in communication, how to be uh, have good relationships with each other. You guys ready? All right, here we go. Number one of our ten ways to improve relationships is... Love correction and don't get defensive. Love correction and don't get defensive. I'm a music teacher. Um, that's what I spend my time doing. And it makes me kind of shake my head a little bit when a student starts to get a little defensive about how they played their piece. Um, I'll point out, oh, you missed a note here or you played that a little too fast or something like that. And, and you know, they bristle up a little bit and, and uh, say, oh, it wouldn't have sounded good that way, or, or I can't do that, or there's not enough space between the notes to do. And I'm, just, I'm not trying to make fun of you. I'm not trying to put you down. That's not my goal. I'm here to help. And so I point out the mistakes so that we can fix them, you know, so that we can make it, so that we can make it better. Um, so we're here to help each other. We need to let our guard down. So that we can help. So accept criticism. Be teachable. This is the iron sharpening iron situation. Sometimes in community we're going to have those, ouch, that hurt, that comment hurt, that you pointed out some a flaw in me, that, uh, you know, start to get defensive and, and you know, guarded. Um, sometimes that's what we need, though. God is going to use each other to point out the weaknesses in each one of our hearts. Um, Proverbs says, Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. 
Um, so a defensive posture is going to separate us from our brothers and sisters, and it undermines the changes that God wants to make in our in our character. So love correction, welcome criticism, don't get defensive. Number two, be honest, don't flatter. Tell people the truth instead of just what they want to hear. Proverbs 26, uh, 27 says, Faithful are the wounds of a, uh, of a friend, but profuse are the kisses of an enemy. It's not the doctrine of Christianity to avoid telling the truth in order to offend, in order to not offend people. That's not what we're here for. And it's also, um, not the doctrine of Christianity to never bring a word of correction. The message of Silent tolerance, political correctness, um, moral relativity, where it's okay if you're okay and all of that. Um, that's the world standard of living. We're living a different life. We're living a Christ life. We're living by the word of God, which says something totally different. It's going to seem like foolishness to the world. Um, so if someone is in sin, go to them in love, in grace. Talk with them. Scripture says, um, when you see someone stumbling, go to them with one person. If that doesn't work, uh, go, go to them in person, then go to them with one other person. Then bring it to spiritual leadership. We have different ways of bringing this out. Um, so, yeah, we need to stand up for what's right and call out the, uh, the child of God that's in each one of, uh, each one of us. Say, hey, you're, you're stumbling, but I know that's not you, you know? You're a child of God. You're a righteous person. That's not what you do. You know? You're a man of God. So flattery and dishonesty to make people happy is not worth it. It won't provide lasting joy. It's a band-aid fix. It's it's it makes problems way down the road. So let's be faithful to tell the truth and uh and then we'll be valuable friends to each other. Um so be honest, don't flatter. Number three. Our words should taste good. Paul says that our speech should always be gracious, seasoned with salt. The things that we say should be delicious. We should be inviting each other over to our house to snack on good conversation. You know, after we have a good, long conversation with a brother and sister in Christ, we should feel full. You know, pushing back from the table, feeling a little bloated, loosen a couple of belt buckles. You know, our words should taste good. Um, so as you're being honest and not flattering, uh, do it in a kind way. Do it in a gracious way. There's a difference between iron sharpening iron and taking out a cheese grater and just ripping someone to shreds. You know what I mean? Um, Proverbs says, there is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. We want our speech to bring healing. God wants to heal people. Do we believe that? God wants to heal people through you. With your words. Um, Pastor Cameron spoke already on the power of our tongue. The power of life and death is in your tongue. Our speech needs to bring healing. So be careful how you say things. And over the years, this is something I've had to work on. Um, I've said things that normally wouldn't hurt me, you know, wouldn't hurt me personally. 
Um, but when I say them to another person, it it can do damage. It can it can wound them. Um, and so that's something I got to um, uh, I have to work on, and I have worked on over the years. Um, we got to make sure that we're gracious in all circumstances because we have no idea how our words are going to affect the other person. Um, so don't just use the uh, uh, the phrase "I'm just being honest" in order to be mean to people. You know that's that's a that's a poor excuse. Uh, it's still your responsibility to speak with grace and with love. So speak with words that taste good. Number four. Hold your tongue. Hold your tongue. The Bible says, too much talk leads to sin. Be sensible and keep your mouth shut. The Bible said it. Maybe it, maybe it sounds better in a different translation formatted like this. The Holy Book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse number 14 says, When words are many, transgression is not lacking. But whoever restrains his lips is prudent. It's a bit nicer, but... Uh, I, I, I prefer the New Living Translation. Doesn't beat around the bush. Too much talk leads to sin. Uh, be sensible and keep your mouth shut. <laughs> um, so you don't have to respond to everything. You don't have to respond to that Facebook comment or to that Facebook post. You know, you can keep scrolling. It just takes a little flick of the thumb. You know, or better yet, turn it off and pray for him. You know. Um, yeah, we've got a God that's in control. Do we believe that? We've got a God that's daily working on each one of our hearts. So we have a God that's in control. We don't have to correct every single person. That's not our job. Right? Um, we also don't need to defend ourselves. God is our defender. Jesus is a great example of this. Um, he was misunderstood all the time. But when, but when he spoke, it wasn't to defend himself. It wasn't to clarify. It wasn't, you know, to, to put up, put up a guard. It was to bring healing to other people, to make a difference in other people's lives. He used his words to make a difference, not to defend himself. So when we're doing communication and relationships God's way, at times we've got to hold our tongue. Sound good? Alright. Number five. Keep talking. This seems like the opposite of hold your tongue. Um, but uh, we need to stop giving each other the silent treatment in church. Um, when, when things go wrong, when we have issues with each other, um, it's not God's way to do relationships, to pull back and to isolate ourselves. Right? Colossians, I love this verse. Colossians 3 says, bear with one another. Bear with one another. What does that mean? Bear with one another. Well, it says, if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. It's going to take some perseverance to stay as a community together. It's going to take some work to stick with each other. Um, but we got to bear with one another. we got to forgive each other. Um, scripture says, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with all men. So it's not living at peace with all men if there's a person in church that you haven't spoken to in, you know, six months because there was that one thing that happened. Right. Right. God pursued us. So we got to pursue each other. We got to pursue reconciliation. We got to pursue forgiveness. We got to build those bridges again. 
So let's keep talking. Um, next one, number six, refuse to gossip. Gossip is it's poison. It's poison. Um, if you have a problem with someone, go to them directly. That's what scripture teaches. Go to them directly. Don't bring all your other friends into the circle. Don't spend time talking about other people's faults. Scripture says love covers over all wrongs. It's not our job to expose everyone else's wrongs. It's our job to cover over everyone's wrongs. Um, Proverbs says a gossip can't be trusted with a secret, but someone of integrity won't violate a a confidence. Gossips can't be trusted with a secret, but someone of integrity won't violate a a confidence. So here's some cues that what you're listening to might be gossip. Because sometimes it's hard. Sometimes, is it gossip? Is it not? We can usually talk ourselves out of it, you know? Um, Here's some cues. I saw you were hanging out with so-and-so. Just so you know about that person. Or, you didn't hear this from me, but Jesus never said that. Jesus never said, you didn't hear this from me. He says, verily I say unto you. He was confident about the words that he said, and he wasn't worried about his words getting out to other people. Um, If somebody says, you know, just to warn you about that other person that you're starting to get to know, you know. Um, And when it comes to praying for other people, we don't need a hundred details about the situation in order to pray. We can pray uh, just knowing someone's in trouble. Let's be the church that goes, oh, Pastor Cameron's in trouble. I'll pray for him right now. You know, instead of, oh, what, what, what happened? What are the details? What are, you know, you know, so, you know, Luke's struggling, you know, I'm going to pray for him right now. You know, uh, Shad's in need. Boy, I'm going to call him up right now and see if I can help. You know, let's, let's solve problems with prayer and with serving each other rather than gossiping. Um, and as a side note, but it's true is not a good excuse for gossip. You know, um, it, it doesn't matter if we're spreading lies or if we're sp- spreading damaging truths about someone else. Um, we need to cover over things. Um, so let's speak good about each other. You know, let's be a unified body. Um, and I think some of this this um, a tendency towards gossip is rooted towards our you know, uh, our like of hearing negative things. You know, we've got sometimes we have a little bit of a um, a tendency to pick up on those. Oh, something's wrong happened. I and and this is something I I need to work on. I am working on. I've spent too much time reading about scandals on the internet of famous church people. You know, and oh, so and so had this problem happen. You know, we need to just cut it off. Believe the best about people. Um, so how do you stop gossip in its tracks? Walk away. Refuse to listen. You know? Um, all right. Number seven. Kill pride. Stay humble. Proverbs 27 says, let another praise you and not your own mouth, a stranger and not your own lips. So how often are we talking about ourselves in conversation? We get done with a conversation that's um, all about our own opinions and our own life and our own day and our own week and 
our own problems, and then we walk away and wonder why we don't have any close friends. You know, we got to listen to each other. We got to be in community with each other. We got to pay attention to each other's needs. Um, relationship involves being interested enough about the other person that we spend just as much time listening as we do talking, if not more. You know, let's be good listeners. That's going to bring us together. Um, so many times we think of pride as the person with the puffed up chest that spends all the time in the mirror uh, complimenting themselves and with the hairbrush and, you know, all that, which is which is great because we can imagine that that person exists somewhere. There's probably a person like that. But it's definitely not us. We look different than that person. So we're not prideful. Right. Um, so let's not, you know, characterize pride. Um, chances are. We all have an issue with pride to some degree. All pride is, is believing that the world revolves around me. You know, it's never getting out of your own perspective on things. You know, the truth is the world revolves around God. All things are from him to him and through him. Right. Um, So Philippians talks about it. We've heard this verse before. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves or more important than yourselves. Um, Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. You're more important than I am. You're more important than I am. You're more important than I am. You know, I have to have that attitude. You know, or else the most important thing in this world for me is going to be me. You know, and God resists the proud. God resists the proud. Um, he gives grace to the humble. You know, pride's, pride's going to divide us as a community. All right, number eight. Number eight is keep your cool, don't get angry. Keep your cool, don't get angry. Jesus, once again, amazing example of this. Um, he gets beaten, dragged through a rigged, unfair trial um, where they accuse him, mock him, misrepresent him, and he stays silent the whole time. You know? We only have record of seven things that he said um, on the cross. And none of them were said out of anger. None of them were said out of, uh, uh, out of spite or hatred. It was forgiveness. It was communicating with the Father, communicating with the, the people that were being crucified next to him, communicating with the, the guards and his mother. The truth is that anger ruins relationships. If people are afraid of your reactions to things, they're not going to want to be close to you. They're not going to want to engage in relationship with you. Proverbs 22, make no friendship with a man given to anger. Nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. Even scripture says, don't hang out with someone who is given to anger. So if we want to do relationships God's way, we've got to do them peacefully and in love. So you can ask God for patience. He'll help you with that. He's in the business of changing hearts. Um, careful, though, when you ask God for patience, he'll probably give you some opportunities not to get angry. Some opportunities to be patient. So when you pray for that, be ready for those, you know, lean forward into that. So, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm not going to get angry in this situation. He'll come through. Number nine. Don't jump to conclusions. 
Don't jump to conclusions. Misunderstanding breeds when we assume things and when we don't communicate. Scripture has a ton to say about this topic. Proverbs says, to answer before listening is folly and shame. To answer before you listen is folly and shame. It also says, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. And James says, be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. So this takes some time in our in our conversations. We can't make shortcuts. You know, we have to listen to all all sides. Um, and this involves not reacting immediately, and it involves believing the best about people. Um, so our first reaction to issues shouldn't be um, uh, shouldn't be to figure out whose fault it is. Um, blame is not what God is interested in. Um, blame is um, uh, blame is a distraction from what God wants to do, which is change hearts and to connect us as a community, right? God's less interested in figuring out whose fault it is than he is about connecting people and reconciling them. First um, Corinthians says love always hopes and always trusts. You know, the world might call it naive, uh, but we're called to believe the best about people. You know, it's a it's a whole different whole different life. Um, all right, number ten. Keep God at the center. Um, we believe every single time there are two or three people gathered in the name of God, He is there with them. Right? He's here with us right now. He's here with us right now. He's listening to me talk. He's reading the notes you're writing down. You know? Um, he's taking these words that I'm speaking and uh, translating them into His words and into your heart. I thank Him so much for that. Um, so, when we have conflict with another person, be quick to bring God into the conversation. So, if somebody says, oh, you hear, you hear about what, uh, what happened with Tom? Um, uh, he, he got caught doing that thing. And just respond with, I'm excited with the man of God that Tom's becoming. You know, I'm excited about all the gifts and the talents that are in Tom's life. You know, I'm, I'm excited. Those are going to open up doors for him and he's going to be able to give so much glory to God. I'm excited that, that God is removing obstacles in Tom's life. That he's going to be able to overcome, you know, by the blood of the Lamb and the word of his testimony. So let's change the conversation. Let's keep our eyes on Jesus, you know. We don't have to do this community thing alone, you know. God's here with us. He's going to help us do it. It's hard. It's hard sometimes. But God's here with us. Let's bring him into the conversation. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. And the fighting, division, gossip, issues, problems of this world are going to fade away. They'll grow strangely dim. I promise you they will. Um, would you all pray with me? Um, God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that you're speaking to us. I thank you that you show us the right way to go. God, you lead us into the path of abundant life. God, I pray that we would keep you as the center of our relationships. 
that we would communicate in a way that honors you. God, that we would be, uh, we'd pray just like King David prayed. God, that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing in your sight. That's what we want. We want to make you happy. God, I pray that you would bind us together in love. Help us to value each other. God, as more important than ourselves. Help us to speak to each other with grace. We look to you as a church. We look to you to to keep a guard over our tongue, a watch over our mouths. God, we're trusting that you're going to make this happen. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.